Welcome to the Not For Nothing podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Natasha Pshedborski. You may know me on the internet as Pussyweed. And I am Sarah El Sayed, otherwise known as How Can I Help You on the internet. And we want to thank you for sticking around as we got our shit together um, to finally make more long form content. You have been really supportive of our clips that we were putting out. And we just wanted to do something to return the favor and offer you some long form content. Uh, we've been working really hard with our studio here in LA, Petty Cash Studios, and we're dealing with being bi-coastal baddies. So that is one thing that has held us back from doing this sooner. So thank you for your patience. Um, today we have quite a bit of topics to cover. Um, how are you doing? I'm good, you know, just uh, chilling. Yeah. Can I talk about something that's been irking me? Always. No, so, actually, I really would rather not. <laughs> oh, well, you're in for a ride. <laughs> I would rather just um, sit here quietly and not talk about. All right. So you'd rather. So there's no type of talking that we can do that isn't complaining <laughs> is what you're saying. <laughs> okay. So. Right. I was ordering a bagel the other day and there was someone in front of me and they actually took the time to say and effort to say, can I get mine scooped out? And I just, it made me sick to my stomach. And this is like something I've been seeing happening way too frequently these days, because if you're enough of an animal to order a scooped out bagel, you don't deserve the joy that a pure bagel brings a human being. Do you think the fault is on the bagel order or on the bagel shop for even offering scoop as an option? I don't think scoop is an option. I think people, the entitled take it upon themselves. Yeah. To ruin a New York city relic. Yeah. I think it's important to describe like the type of person that orders a scooped bagel. I think you can make your inferences of what type of person does that. What type of animal does just, something like to that? To me, somebody who orders a scooped bagel just like doesn't want a bagel. No, you're ordering Which toast. Which is fine. That's toast. That's seasoned toast at best. A plain scooped out bagel? Jump off a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> if you order a plain bagel in general, I can't trust you. I, I just don't get it. Do you order plain bagels? There's, let me explain the very specific circumstance in which I order a plain bagel. I'm ill. It's when I'm ill. Oh, really? And you just want like a plain bagel with butter. So it's just like a little salty, a little buttery, super toasted, you know, like nice and kind of like, but you don't, you know, you're, you've just like had a long night of not feeling super hot. Like you don't really want that much flavor. I'm not like one of the IBS girlies. I'm not a, I have quite an iron stomach and I don't eat meat. So I have to say, I think that that makes it, you know, my chances of getting sick are a little lessened because of that. I love how you say this, but like literally a week I ago, I was on the phone with you and you were like, I had a shrimp burrito at 11 PM from a bodega. It wasn't I, a bodega. Oh, it's a reputable oh, it's restaurant. A, it's a known place. It's a known place. Oh. It's a place that I would say the shrimp burrito has to be one of their top ordered items. 
well let me tell you everybody makes mistakes everybody has those, those days, days. <laughs> yeah but yeah i yeah. don't know scooped bagel is really my biggest question is where does all the scooped go the do you garbage think, do you think bagel shops like combine all the scoop to what make- to, to make a gluten snowman <laughs> I don't know. Can you make anything out of like bread dough? dough? Cooked boiled dough? Could you like re-toast it on the outside? I you guess know, it's you like can peeling off the toast outer is layer. Just a layer. Yeah. Like the concept of toasting something just means slightly burning the outside. Exactly. So you could just toast the scoop part. Excuse me. I would only actually like the scoop of the bagel no bagel you are Just it's the like scoop. the donut hole of bagels yeah you want the munchkin you want the bagel munchkin i do love munchkins yeah where is the bagel hole well i guess they're not made the same way they're not they're rolled and then but i also think that that should be the case for donuts are donut holes the whole just a concept or are they real wait what came first the donut hole or the the donut it doesn't work like that does it i think the donut hole was initially real but i think probably in order to satisfy demand of donut hole like now they're not right right but i think if you're going to like telling, oops Mark if you're going to like, we're incorrect and i hit the mic <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to like a local donut shop shout out mark you should all watch the documentary donut king on hulu it's incredible about the subculture of donut shops in la oh we're gonna be watching that tonight okay i think if you're going to a shop like that like yes donut holes are like the extra surplus like product that they're making stuff with if you're going to entenmann's and you're buying at the supermarket like the popham's donut hole things i think those are like made on demand entenmann's is another treasure i love them i don't know if Entenmann's. you know i was recently talking about this i'm not sure if there's if the West Coast is versed in Entenmann's, there, is it just an East Coast thing where there were like different? I know there's like bread routes essentially for Entenmann's. Yeah, like the HQ is in, uh, like I think it's in New York State. I was thinking Jersey. Yeah, or, or Jersey, maybe upstate New York. Because I know I was looking to visit the factory ones in college because you know stoners like to do dumb shit like that. I would still um, do that yeah. if you if you're interested. They don't offer tours. Um, I mean. We could email. Shout could out. we get a press tour? Yeah. <laughs> could we go with a microphone? <laughs> so, how many TikToks do you need for us to come visit the factory? What's your Entenmann's order? I oh my god, their coffee cake, like the sheet coffee cake, is it's outstanding. good. It's good. I would say nothing beats the cheese Danish though. The Danish with the raspberry cheese on raspberry. I think we need to cut the podcast. Excuse me? Turn the cameras off. That's a very beloved Entenmann's order, and I know I'm not alone out here. You are. Mar- I'm looking at Mark for validation. You and Mark like very plain things. I would not be able to eat that. Well, I mean, I can eat okay, a coffee Okay, but what about cake, the chocolate frosted donuts? Good. Those are dank. They when are. I got my wisdom teeth out, I would eat that and dip them in like chocolate milk. Because you, know, you, you know I hate milk. Mm. Yeah, I mean, obviously dairy-free milk. I'm like just milk like I don't like anything that is mostly milk dairy free or otherwise um also Entenmann's the chocolate chip cookies the small ones not my favorite 
Okay. I think they excel, they excel in the cake sphere. But the cookies, like, they're not the best, but they just have such a distinct taste. And the fact that my mother would pack a box of those for me to bring to school to the bake sale is Oh, yeah. Just no, that's the number one bake sale item. absurd. No, because everybody else was baking stuff. And I was out here, like, with no, the my store-bought, school. like, cookies. But people will still buy them. And I would sell, like, two of those small cookies for, like, a dollar. If you brought baked goods to my school's bake sale you were the outlier oh no my school was full of like french moms who like were overly involved in their kids lives and were like pta moms yeah and my mom was like a working mom a working mom who also just like yeah is also antisocial so yeah it's like double whammy yeah for sure okay well um, one thing that I did want to bring up is, you know, we're, we're single ladies out here. What are some of the rules that you have for a romantic partner? So like, I'm going to give you this prompt. I can't take a romantic partner seriously unless they fill in the blanks for me, Natasha. I just love that you're like outing our relationship status. What is like this? this? Is it a secret? Do we act like we're cuffed up? We act like cat ladies because that's what we are. Yeah, it's just like, you know. What, this is not an invitation to slide into the DMs. Yeah. The- <laughs> we're, remember what we said about the antisocial part. I feel like single is misleading. It's like, it's more like I am in a relationship with myself. Did I say we were emotionally available? Absolutely oh, not. Oh, yeah. Like, Absolutely I just want to make that clear. I am single, but unavailable. Okay. And I respect that. Let's talk about maybe not necessarily this month or next month or this year or next year. Let's talk about ultimately when it comes to what you're looking for in a romantic partner. What are some things that are like musts? If you don't feel comfortable walking around in a bathrobe, they have to wear the bathrobe. Yeah, you have to have a love of bathrobes. Wow, I I could never. What? I don't have a bathrobe. I don't what? own one. <laughs> I don't. I'm very confused. There's the cheese Danish. There's now the no bathrobe. We're different people. This podcast is really revolutionary. I mean, I think that have there's... You, yeah, you will. I'm... There is one stark difference between us. We are both New York girlies, but one thing that we must address before we go on is I'm from South Brooklyn and Natasha's from Upper Manhattan. There's lines have been drawn. <laughs> lines have been drawn. Like, and they're more than geographic. Yeah, I'm going to say like they're literally like some of those lines were in New York laws. Um, Redlining. Look it up. Yeah. <laughs> Those lines had some colors. <laughs> oh um, boy. Oh, the air purifier just said goodbye. It said you are smoking beyond the limit, beyond um, my capabilities. But I think despite the fact that we're extremely different different New York girlies, um our common point is that we are both extremely insufferable Um, (laughs) and that is not dependent of geography 
It's just codependent. It's, uh, we, you know, you could be from the Upper West Side or South Brooklyn and still be annoying. And I think that's really important to just like unite people. We're here for the annoying girlies. Okay, well, speaking of one of the things that I do look for in a romantic partner is like you do have to be slightly annoying. Like I do think that there's a level of annoying that is flirty, but there's like a fine line between being too annoying to me my friends and my family that makes you undateable that makes your romantic partner like it, it turns into ick okay quick wait but <laughs> <laughs> so you have to strike that balance of annoying but not like obnoxious <laughs> okay but um i was going to ask you something and now i forgot Fun. Okay, one more thing yes. that I look. Okay, oh, wait, if you're interested say, what, in me, yeah, romantically, you have to talk to my cat in a baby voice. <laughs> <laughs> I can't take you seriously if you don't like. If you don't like, almost love my cat more than me. Like, oh my god! If you are someone that if you're like on the couch sitting next to me and my cat jumps up unexpectedly and you try to like kick her off the couch, you have to go. She lives here. Thoughts? <laughs> um, as a cat aunt um, and a roommate to a cat. Yeah. I'm just confused as to people who are able to talk to a cat not in a baby voice. It's like a sign of being a serial killer almost. It's like you're not in touch with your awkward vulnerable weird goofy self and those are all the things that i am mm -hmm. and okay we can get deep for a second but it's like when you're like an awkward girl like me like you spend most of like high school and like college and like all these like whatever moments like with mainstream people and you always feel like the weirdo like mm -hmm. i and i've been in relationships where i feel like the weirdo and it's annoying i don't want to be like the show pony of like yeah look how weird and like fucked up my girlfriend is yeah yeah no the time i'm like tides i want have turned i for want the you to be there with me like i want to be the not weird one in the relationship oh wow I no i'm okay with being the weird one i'm okay with having a normie i like normie but like i don't know you got to be kind of weird yeah, you have to have like one type, at least one quirk. Get yeah. nerdy about something. Or like have clinical depression. Yeah, Ner I guess that would make you nerdy about sleeping a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really nerdy about my pharmaceuticals. When it comes to taking naps and not cleaning my house, <laughs> ultra nerdy about it. <laughs> you know what I'm not nerdy about? Self care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm nerdy oh. about self-destruction. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Also, like if I'm like seeing you and you sleep over my house, like yeah. if things are, we're at that level where we're like seeing each other and you sleep over or vice versa. No, I don't. I can't relate. Well, I'm not <laughs> seeing historically ever in your life. If you ever will sleep over my house, no one's ever. Allowed in my house. <laughs> okay. Got it. She's off the market unavailable to anyone but herself 
I just feel like as somebody who has like the most people sleep at their house in yeah, like the yeah, non-sexual manner, like I feel like I basically run a hostel. <laughs> it's definitely a bed and breakfast, like, I, but hold the breakfast. I, I literally could not even bring home partners. No, you couldn't. There's You're like this constantly is- people in my home. Like there's, there's no... You're like, this is my emotional support friend from Colorado. <laughs> the next week, you're like, this is one of my friend's cousins from New York. He's here for just two days. And it's like, it is a revolving door. It's truly. Wow. Okay. One more thing. Yeah. So if you were to hypothetically sleep over my house and I hypothetically was dating you, seeing you casually, you need to wake up the next morning enthusiastic to get me and transport me via your vehicle because i'm only a passenger princess Mm -hmm. which i'm sure you guys will all come to know and probably hate i'm a terrible passenger but i i can confirm yeah i don't do directions but that's beside the point you have to enthusiastically wake up the next morning after you sleep over my house and take me to go get an iced coffee you don't necessarily have to pay for it but like you have to know that that's my routine wake up late do a little stretchy stretch take a beat feed my cat let's go get a coffee you know what's incredibly annoying when you sleep over at somebody's house what when they don't have an extra toothbrush for you it is oh mm-hmm. you especially, know what I recently discovered? especially in that kind of situation like there was a past life where i did frequent other people's homes i even keep extra toothbrushes like if i'm ordering instacart i'll throw a toothbrush in the cart randomly just to keep them in my house for like friends to family because i will say that's making a blanket like i don't want to get coffee with the person i just slept over at if i can't brush my teeth absolutely absolutely but i am the type of of girl first night that you sleep over i'm giving you a toothbrush it's not like you have to earn it it's just like something i do out of courtesy i'm also like i'm gonna i'm gonna put it out there i'm not opposed to a toothbrush sharing moment and that is another place we differ. <laughs> it's not ideal. Obviously. I'm not above the towel sharing over a toothbrush share. There's just like, you know, we're obviously, you know, mature, elegant women today. Um, this was not always the case. In personally, I don't want to out you like that. But um, personally, in my case, it was not always the case. And there was definitely a time where I was just sharing toothbrushes and towels and see, why is it people like me who have never shared a toothbrush that gets stuck with like mono for two years? I had mono for two years for making out with a guy that became my boyfriend. Did he become your boyfriend because he gave you mono? No, he actually, you you want to know something really messed up? He gave me mono and the following day started dating a different girl and gave her mono as well. But then when they got out of a relationship, you still had mono. I didn't still have, well, I did because I had mono for like two years and their relationship was like one year, but we started dating and then, you know, he ruined my life. (laughs) He ruined my life day one. I should have known it from the jump, honestly. Anyway. Um, Yeah, ultimately what we're saying is I think a guy needs to be a simp for me to really take him seriously. And I promise if you simp for me, I won't call you a munch. 
Okay, this is a great segue because I was going to ask you what you found. You said earlier that like you can't be annoying. You have to be annoying. Or you have to be a little annoying. Yeah. And I was going to ask you what you find annoying because to me, the biggest revelation I've made, and it might be an LA thing, is the performative simp. I just feel mm. like so many people like are talking the talk of like, I treat my girl like this. I'm going to do this. Like I do all these things. And then I'm like, okay, but when I actually like need you for shit, where are you? Yeah, that's true. And your love language is acts of service. Yeah. Like I don't need you to tell me that I look good. I know I don't look good. Don't lie to me. I objectively do not look good at this specific moment where you're seeing me. Yeah. Um, I guess that's love language dependent, the performative simp. But it's like, I agree with you. If you talk a big game, you have to do even bigger acts. But okay, the question is, is it actually a different love language or is there a movement among our generation where we're all like seeking romance and we're seeking more deep, full, deep and meaningful conversations and relationships? And I feel like people are just like trying to like they're trying to like act more invested and romantic than they actually are. Well, let me just say this. I do think that we talk to very different types of men. So I can't, I can't say that even the way the men that we talk to simp or performatively simp is anything similar. Yeah, I definitely have a terrible type when it comes to uh, reliability. (laughs) Uh, Like when a man is simping for me, like you need to be very traditional. What does that mean? Get married? Are you not having sex until marriage? No, no, no. Not that kind of traditional. Not that kind of traditional. Traditional in the way that like you're going to pick me up for a date. And that is not just because I can't drive. (laughs) 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 but But also because i don't want to pay for uber i don't want to pay for uber and i do not take public transportation (laughs) you heard it here first i will not get on the train anymore ever again even the metro card in our logo i'm sure says it all (laughs) sarah is like gas weed you have to go pick it up for it yeah yeah that's another thing if i'm smoking I don't want to get, you know, I can't even go into weed preferences. You you do have to smoke weed, though, to be with me. It doesn't have to be on the same level that I smoke, but like you have to be. OK, but it's I'm not going to lie. <coughs> it's kind of like very hot to me when somebody can smoke more than me. Oh, because it's unbearably hot. It's pretty or can keep up. I hate to be like that person, like. <laughs> but you are that person <laughs> you're, like, you're like i, just, I am insufferable but i am myself but actually um yeah and i feel like i was also in relationships with like people who were questioning if they wanted to consume and like that's totally fine and i really respect that i just feel like you lose a part of like an intimate moment that is sharing a joint I would say like 50% of being in a relationship is deciding what to eat together. So it's like if you have smoke habits together, that means that like that's an at least another 25 to 30% of what you guys do together. Right? Do you want to smoke? I'll roll up. Are you rolling up? Do we need to pick up? How much do you want to buy? What do you want to try? 
can you taste this in the strain? Like there's so much talking and doing when you're both consumers that I think like it almost has to be that way unless like your sacred time is by yourself when you smoke or which I also enjoy and so I feel like that was cool where like my partner didn't smoke as much and so I got to like enjoy smoking alone and also um like exploring my own creativity through that yeah and also with pussyweed and stuff like that, it's always sort of been around consuming in more feminine spaces. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It is also kind of fun to get really baked with a partner. Yeah. Like my ideal date, I'd be in a jacu. I'd be laying out in the jacu like this. <laughs> like wide, wide, wide shoulders just like laid out with a big blunt in my hand. <coughs> ideal it, and it would also <coughs> i would be outside and it would be snowing that's pretty cool while i'm in the jacu with the blunt i went on a pretty cool date this summer though where we like walked the brooklyn bridge and smoked dubs and i was like that's kind of the type of what a low maintenance girly listen to that she said a really good date is smoking dubs <laughs> on the brooklyn bridge like it's fine it's and about I the love to hear that because that is like the type of date that you can do whether you're 15 years old yeah. or if you're wedging on 30. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. It's a big wedge until 30. Uh, this is a sensitive topic. I'm going to move on. Um, but I'm yeah, I think uh... I'm turning 30 very soon. <laughs> It's okay. Mark is giving us that look like, fuck, you guys are young. But what I will say, yeah, performative simpage, definitely something to keep an eye out for. Yeah, it's trending in 2023, performative simpage. I feel like it's trending. Everybody wants to pretend like they're the good partner, and I'm like, mm, yeah. No, you're not. Yeah. Look inward. Um, back to the topic of toothbrushes really quick. Yeah. Have you ever used a firm or medium toothbrush? No. You've never even tried it? Mm-mm. Don't. It's terrible. I, my dentist says not to. I, okay. First of all, I have always used soft toothbrushes my yeah, whole always. life. And recently accidentally ordered on Instacart medium toothbrushes. And I'm like, what's the difference? You know? Also, to give you some background, I'm very heavy-handed when it comes to brushing my teeth. Brush my teeth all the time, and my gums bleed because of how much pressure I apply. So dentists have always yelled at me about that. And now I'm going ahead and applying that same pressure with a medium toothbrush. I'm going to say that if you use a medium or a firm toothbrush, you, you have sociopath tendencies. That's not normal. That's not normal at all. Yeah. I don't know. I think if you have braces, maybe you may need those. Is it like why someone would use a Brillo pad when they're doing dishes type situation? Or like Brillo pad to like exfoliate their face? Yeah, this is a lot. I, I, it's, I don't know that there's somebody that has teeth or skin strong enough for that, you know? I don't even know why it exists, but okay. Or wait, hold on. What if you have dentures? Maybe that's what it's for. I'm just not aware. I'm curious why 
I was always curious why my grandpa had such perfect teeth. And I was wondering like where genetically like his like perfect smile came from. And then one day I walked into his room while he was sleeping and I like saw his like. And you realized he full bought ass, it. Like, yeah, like full ass jaw like in a, <laughs> on the side. And I was like, oh my God, it's as easy as that. Wow. The man had no teeth. <laughs> um, You know, we've been talking about clothing lately, so. I wanted to know what is the most toxic item of clothing that you own in your closet. Take that as you will. I own a like a lot of inappropriate pieces of clothing in the sense of who they belong to. Oh. In the same way that I sort of run a hostel in my home. Mhm. A lot of people come and go and stuff like that. But also like I collect, you know, other people's stuff. I feel like I have a lot of hoodies of people I shouldn't be wearing their hoodies of anymore do you think that like because the you know these articles of clothing have memories associated with them does that give them luck or bad luck or something like do items hold power deep question deep question um there's this movie actually it's like a documentary that talks about the power of clothing. Really? Yeah, it's called The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. <laughs> I can't stand you. <laughs> Did you say documentary? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm sick. You're a psychopath. Okay. Um, <laughs> I do own. <laughs> to answer my own question about toxic clothing, I will say that there's a piece in my closet, and these are swishy pants. They make that sound as you walk from Chinatown Market. And is it still is it still called Chinatown Market? Did it change? I don't know. I think it's just called the market. Are we talking about the same brand? Are you serious? Did it actually change names? Do you not know that Chinatown Markets are actually founded by two white dudes? No, I know. Mike Sherman. Yeah. But wait, did they change to the market? Actually? I'm joking about them changing <laughs> to the market. That I don't know. But, <laughs> but they definitely did have a name change. Wait, did they? No, they changed to market. I oh my god, dude, I was right. what? I've never I heard of right. this, dude. Yo, they literally changed their name. That's what I was saying. Yeah. All right. Well, I. Ooh. So you actually have pants from market? I have pants from no. I have pants from Chinatown Market. <laughs> actually, it's it was pre name change. It says it on them. Yeah, but it shouldn't have. It shouldn't have. <laughs> I'm not agreeing with their name, but um, and. I'm it's the zodiac. It shows the zodiac signs in the wheel. And it lists Capricorn twice and doesn't list cancer at all. And it's like, yeah, this is a petty mis this is petty or it's a misprint or it's a petty misprint. Or it's intentionally misprinted and also petty. So as a cancer, how do you feel about that? Honestly, whatever. So I think that's the most toxic item of clothing. However, 
there are other pieces that I just will not put in rotation anymore. And I'll stop it at that. Yeah, like I feel like I still rotate mine, which is what makes them toxic. Like I'm still wearing X's shirts and sweaters because I'm like you're like he he like <laughs> whoever is in the other room now doesn't have this sweater so true okay um another way to interpret the question i do have a lot of clothing that has satanic imagery on it that i think <laughs> it's like probably time i retire it because if there is meaning in clothing and if clothing does hold power then i'm inviting a whole bunch of bullshit into my life and i think it's like as I approach 30 years old, maybe I should try to like reel in the goth a little bit. Like I should probably like stop wearing upside down crosses. I think that's like enough is enough. I don't know. I recently discovered the term elder emo mm. and it could not describe me better. No, that's you. It's like this community of other people who are also really sad and um, listen to my chemical romance in their cars. And sad with a pop punk flair. Yeah. Sad with some angst. With also some optimism, I feel. Yeah, like... Because pop punk's, like, slightly optimistic. Like, it's like, I don't want to die. I just want you to, like, pay attention to me. <laughs> You're like, I only want to die if you don't pay attention to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I have a funeral, will you come? <laughs> if I was a worm, would you still love me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Um, so, yeah. One final thing I wanted to discuss is you know since you grew up in New York do you remember the shift of when you had to actually start typing an area code in and this was pre-cell phone well cell phones were around but it was like pre the years where everybody had a cell phone it was more like pagers were still yeah. a thing and beepers but like I remember the year that I had like my mom told me like you have to write 718 before you start typing the number out to call your friends or to call your family members or your friends upstate my family and wait that's like the biggest difference what like what was yeah what was your new york area code growing up and then what was your cell phone area code they're both the same wow i'm one of i'm the last of a dying breed what are you i have a 718 cell phone number hot Hot, exotic, and local to your area. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what does your New York area code say about you? It says that I'm a South Brooklyn mob wife. Yeah, I'm a 917, and I feel like it's pretty descriptive of, like, neurotic, anxious, Upper West Side Jew. I think my sister was a 917. But it's like, the 917 is... It's, it's pretty classic. It's like a classic and it's not as douchey as the 646. <laughs> Why? How is 646 douchey? Because it's like, mm, I'm the first Manhattan area code. I thought 917 was the first Manhattan. No, I think 646 was. Fact check it. Okay. Wait, also, what year did area codes have to start becoming a thing in New okay, York? Okay, 2000... <clears throat> 2003 what was i think the first manhattan area code i think was 212 yes but i'm then, right but am like, i not right 212 but then for like cell phones manhattan cell phone area code or do some cell phones have 212 i don't know i know businesses do when was oh my god i can't type 
When and then, was yeah, the first? I, what was the first? I can't smoke that right now. What was the first Manhattan area code cell phone? It's funny how we have to like SEO our questions. Area code 212 is the original code assigned for all of the city in 1947. After a restriction of 212 to just Manhattan in 1985, area code 646 was assigned in 1999. So we're kind of both right. Yeah. It was an, the additional one. Wow. But then 917 came after. And so I feel like 646 was like, like my mom is 646. Like, and do you think that's juicy? You think that's douchey? It's just like, <laughs> it's like a little more like old New York vibe. Okay, I remember some. This is hyper specific to Brooklyn, so I don't know if the Manhattanites even know this. And but, wait, just to be clear, my mother is not a douche. No, um, no, I, I, I didn't like think the you most were saying incredible that. Woman. Oh my um, god, I didn't think you were saying that. No, no, please no, no. continue. It's, you're you're not going to be judged. Your character isn't going to be judged off of your area code. Yes, right? it will. <laughs> oh my god, what? That's what I'm saying. Just oh. my mom's the exception. I don't know if I know many 646. I can't even make a judgment there. I know a lot of 917s. You're basic. Sorry. Um, okay. On Damn, that note, I forgot what I was going to say oh before. No. It's okay. It's okay. Wow. I forgot. It'll come to me. But thanks for tuning in. <laughs> to our first episode of not for nothing and uh not for nothing it could have been a lot worse <laughs> what find us on instagram at not for nothing pod and on tiktok and on youtube and leave us a review if you like this we really want to get up there in numbers and it will help us by coastal baddies see each other more frequently and record as often as possible we plan to put this out once a week on tuesdays so let us know if you prefer to see it another day catch you next week see ya <laughs>